Alex. Hi, this is dark today. I know, I know. It, it's a little too dark. Oh, I hear, I hear a little echo from Uh-oh. your end. Right now? Hmm. Let's see. Yeah, it's it's a little echoey. I mean, it's manageable, but I can I can hear me. How about now? Test. Yeah, that's good. Testing, testing. Yeah, I'm trying to find out where this intro song fits best. Did you is hear it, my? Sh- God, is it Kanye ahead. West? Thank God, no. But I think Floyd might have said the same thing, and I get why you would say that. This is um, a song specially made for Tenet by Travis Scott and uh, this producer. He might have even won an Emmy last night. Um, Oh. His last name is Swedish or something. I have to look it up. I always forget what it is. But uh, it caught my attention at the end of Tenet. So I was like, you know what? I'm, I'm looking for intro songs. Let's let's go with that one. What? Somebody wanted, there was a Emmy winner last night for Mandalorian. Yeah. Uh, actually, you know what? That's him. That was for music. Yeah. yeah. Is that him? Uh, I hold, hold on. Give me one second. Because last night it was like, uh, it was nerd central for, and to answer your question, even though I did answer it yesterday, yes, well, I didn't answer it yesterday. Yes, the Emmys were last night. The Emmys were last night. Uh, the plan Emmy, the plan Travis Scott, um, ba 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 where does it say? God, why can't, I always forget this guy's name, because I'm so used to everything that Christopher Nolan does is... Is Hans Zimmer, but okay, Ludwig Göransson. Oh, and he's the one who won. Is he the one that won? I don't know. I don't know. I know that if he does Mandalorian, then he is, because I know the person that won for music won for their work on the Mandalorian. Yeah, the Mandalorian. I think. Uh, yeah, yeah. He Ludwig Göransson, because I think I read yesterday morning in one of the few hours I was cogent with the day. Um, it said he was like an Emmy away from an EGOT, and, and maybe I'm confusing some people, but the guy Very is cool. super talented, and I love that that Mandalorian theme. So it was it was kind of like a nerd night. Uh, Mandalorian won a bunch, and then um, uh, uh, Watchmen, uh, unsurprisingly, I think Watchmen. led the way. Yeah, Shit's Creek, too. So uh, Emmy stuff, it was last night. Did you watch it? Did you enjoy it? I did not watch it. I was... I was in Michigan and I was coming back too late, so I didn't get a chance to watch it. And I was going to watch some highlights, but I was just not with it. So I said no. (laughs) But I did. I I mean, I did keep up with all the winners and I was so happy. Can I just take a moment to congratulate Zendaya? I mean, I was so upset when Euphoria didn't get any nominations last year. I love Euphoria. I love Zendaya. Her performance was just, it, I mean, if you've seen it, just watch some of it. Her performance is so good, and she took home a win. I was so happy. Remember when we were talking about cuties last week? Yes. Um, and I said that I had seen people post some memes like, you're pissed at cuties, but not dance moms all these I've years. I've seen a lot of dance mom memes now. Yeah, the one thing I was thinking of, and it's it's slightly older young people, but not much, was when people were complaining about you, uh, cuties, I was thinking about euphoria. Oh, you were? Because isn't there a great amount of very intimate sex on that yes. show as well? Euphoria is not for... 
you know, it's not for kids. <laughs> like yeah. it's, it's not for kids. I mean, I enjoy it because it reminds me a lot of high school. Like yeah, that is what high school was like for me at least. Um, so I, I enjoy it for that reason alone. Um, and I think that's also why I can relate to cuties because I understand what that little girl, I understood what she was going through. You know what I mean? Because I w- I'm a woman and I went through that when I was a girl where I wanted to be older than I was and I wanted to dress, you know, I wanted to shop at, um, what the fuck is that store called? And I know that's not what we're talking about, but the, that store and my mother wouldn't let me shop there because that's where the slutty girl shopped. Mm. Um, oh God, justice. Oh my God. <laughs> I was not allowed. I could only get my clothes from like Old Navy and JCPenney. And I wanted Justice clothes, but Justice had like glitter on their pants and their shirts were too tight or their shirts were too short, showing some of their belly or their jeans were low cut jeans because that was popular at the time. Sorry, I'm just I'm keeping an ear on the station, but I was I was listening to. But yeah, with, with all the cutie stuff, I was and I didn't watch I didn't watch it, didn't watch Euphoria, but I was well aware of what was happening on Euphoria. And I thought of that during Cuties because yeah. the kids were only slightly older. And granted, it was an HBO thing, so um, a little more challenging for people to get it. But yeah, good for, for Zendaya. She's, she's 24 years old, a big award. And you mentioned Schitt's Creek. It won really big for, for its it last did. season. Mm-hmm. And I, it sounds like I'm a... Wow, I don't know what the heck to do with the station. Um, it sounds... Uh, other than that, when I was zooming through highlights, I saw things from Jimmy Kimmel's monologue, a brief, very brief Friends reunion, Jennifer, Jennifer Aniston trying to put a little fire out as they were cracking jokes. But really, if you zoom through most of the highlights, you would think, was this on BET? Was this a, <laughs> uh, was this a black award show? And- I mean, Regina King. Yep. Um, what's the gentleman? The gen- I should know his name. He's in the new Candyman. Is it Yaya? Yeah, yeah. Ya- uh, Abdul uh-huh. Mateen. Yes. Yeah. I, oh, I so ad- happy. I adore. I adore him. So Regina King won for her role in Watchmen. And when I was going through uh, highlights, I, I people were lauding her speech, and um, it was great. She gave a lot of thanks to all the people that she that you would have expected, and then kind of capped it off with. I guess the takeaway was that she she implored people to make sure that they're registered to vote. Yeah, um, she won all part of Watchmen. Uh, Yaya Abdul Mateen, her co-star, won as well. He Uzo was, Aduba. Mm-hmm. What's that? Um, Uzo Uzo Aduba. What's What's he from? She She. she sorry, you would know her from. Um, Orange is the New Black. She played the crazy. She played uh, the crazy girl. The the uh, God. What was her name? So I wouldn't know her then. Oh, uh, if you've never yeah. seen it, you you would know her face. You okay. would absolutely know her it face. It was it was a massive night for black entertainers. And, yes, and really, it was. if you're just zooming through, you're like, I thought this was the Emmys, not the BET. And you know what? I don't care because all these people are so absolutely gifted. And I I don't think we're Tyler Perry movie people here. Mm. But for everything aside from his movies, I think mm-hmm. we both greatly appreciate him. For me, mm-hmm. his his speech was was the takeaway of the night. He talked about a quilt from his grandmother and how all these different colors and kinds of patches were on there and how he has a studio now that's built for people of all colors, shapes, and sizes and the land that used to and what used to be on the land where it was. He had a, he had to me the moment of the night. What did he have a moment for? Did he win something? He won something called the Governor's Award. Oh, okay. So just acknowledgement. Un- yeah. 
Okay. So he won that. Regina King, Yaya Abdul, Matina, and I hope I'm getting his name correct. Um, and there's one. Uh, there's one. Is there another? Zendaya. Did we check? Zendaya. Um, her did a 2020 performance of Nothing Compares to You by Sinead O'Connor. Really? Talk about a person and a song left behind in time. Um, Zendaya did that performance? No, her. Oh, her. Oh, her. Her, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. Once I heard Zendaya and then her, I was like, okay. Sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> um, people might be mildly familiar with some of her songs or they I would know, know her. it. Yeah. I know her. Um, she she did a performance of Nothing Compares to You, the, the Sinead O'Connor song from 25 or more years ago. It, that might have been 92. Is it so, Sinead O'Connor? Nothing Compares to You is, is Sinead O'Connor. It was like mm. her. Do you remember that song? I think of Prince when I hear of Nothing Compares to You. Gotcha. Yeah. Did, <laughs> so was her song a Prince remake or did Prince redo her song? I think her song was a Prince remake. Okay. Um, so yeah, her did that last night and it was very much a great night for performers of color. And there's probably a couple that I'm missing as well. But it was a big night for, for all of those that we've mentioned. Uh, the Mandalorian won five. Uh, Watchmen six, and you said uh, Shit's Creek won up there as well. Yeah, Shit's Creek was Shit's Creek was high enough to where people are like, you know, is this show really that good? <laughs> I get because it's I, it's not something that I've binged before. I started it, and while during the pandemic, Sunny no, Sunny has her bone. I'm sorry, no bone time on podcast. Um, <laughs> it it's like. I started it during the pandemic and I can't really, it's not something that's making me want to binge it. I just turn it on when I have nothing else to watch. I know people love that show. and I know. Yeah, yeah, same. I don't watch comedies. I just don't watch anything funny. But if I were to dive into something that, something that was funny, that would be at the top of the list. I love funny shows. I watch, I mean, I watch, I love Shameless. I'm, I'm on my third time around with that. It, is Schitt's Creek like Shameless, but less dark and a little more funny? Yes. Like more my sense of humor? Yes. Yeah, it's the religion, I think. Yeah, no, I think Shameless would also be your sense of humor, though. Oh, I, I was, uh, man, it must be like four or five years or so ago, somebody was like, you would like Shameless. And I, I did like it, but I, I, it's just like my standing rule. No fast food, no comedies. Not yeah. that I have any problems with them, but there's just other stuff to, to fill my, my body with. But yeah, I know Shit's Creek did really, really well last night. Um, and there was something else. Oh, go ahead. Did the Eddie Murphy episode of Saturday Night Live win something? Saturday Night Live won a lot as well. I think it won five last night. I had a moment. So we were in Detroit yesterday and we, Thomas likes to, Thomas is from Detroit. Sometimes he likes to drive around because it's a pastime. And so we were driving around and we were in a place where like I would deem it the hood, but I looked over and I was like, wait a minute there's scooters at that KFC. Why are there scooters over there? And he's like, oh, Wayne State's right there. And I said, they don't need to be driving their scooters around. Like, they need to be careful renting these scooters and riding them around this part of town. And he's like, what's that word called? What's that word? And I said, can you spell gentrification, mm. boys and girls? When I, when, I, uh, when I lived and worked, when I lived in the area there and worked in downtown Detroit, Worked at the Fisher Building, which is only a couple of blocks away from from Wayne State University, and I there were several times I walked from the Fisher Building 
a block and a half away to Woodward, the big road mm-hmm. that cuts uh, through mm-hmm. Detroit, like downtown up up through Detroit. Mm-hmm. Um, and I got Chinese food, and I watched the place get held up. And yep. you didn't venture outside of that. I think it was called, it, it probably still is called New Center, the New Center area. And there were a couple of nice homes. And it's like, well, I'd really like to live here, but the neighborhood is terrible. But you're absolutely right. Um, Wayne State used to be that neighborhood as well, but now you're totally fine going out in the neighborhood. It's in, I'm going to fill people in on like something fun to do. So if we have other business out in Detroit, cause that's where he's from. So if we have something that we have to do out there and it's still relatively early, we may drive around and we'll actually turn on the police scanner cause you can get it on an app or on the internet somehow. And mm-hmm. you can just play it. <laughs> And we just drive around, listen to what's going on. It was a nice day yesterday. So I got to see some of the neighborhoods. Um, I got to see like some of the really old, big, rich houses in the middle of the ghetto that used to be like a nicer neighborhood. And I got to see a lot of stuff and it was pretty cool. But it was it was certainly there was certainly a moment where gentrification had reared its ugly head. And I thought of Eddie Murphy because I thought that was fantastic, that episode. It's yeah. It must have been one of the wins for for SNL because SNL got a bunch last night. But yeah, it's something to behold in downtown. Like I remember when I first started working there, I had a I had to work um, at Hockey Town Cafe, or I would I would go there with people from work. And across the street, Comerica Park was being built. Yeah, that, that was twenty years ago now, and mm-hmm. it was Comerica Park and Hockey Town Cafe, part of Mike Illich's investment into downtown, and that was really it. You know, there was the State Theater, the Fox Theater, there were shows there, but nothing else. Mm-hmm. And now that whole district is all completely built up, and if you're on Woodward, where the ballpark is, you can continue to walk. I don't know if that's north or west, but if you keep going that way up Woodward. It used to be very unsafe, and now mm. it's it's all gentrified there and very, very expensive for people to live there. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, so that was my small story on Eddie Murphy and SNL. But yeah, I saw, I mean, I didn't watch the Emmys at all, but I, when I looked at the winners, I was like, ooh, was it whitewashed last year? Or are we getting a work? Because I always have that. I always, I'm a, I'm a cynic in that way and that I'm like, was it whitewashed and that's why there's so many that's why there's so much black excellence right now or did we actually you know did, did I, I feel like regina king's performance in watchmen was fantastic same with yawa and watchmen uh i mean zendaya obviously well deserving but it's it's nice to see it was really nice to see and deserving too yeah. Um, I know people had raved about Watchmen. I know you were into it. I gave it a couple of shouts because I love the movie. And, and the graphic novel is really, it, it, it might be the, the best piece of literature in the 80s. And it might be the best comic book, graphic novel, whatever you want to call it, of, of all time. I, mm. When I read it in 2007 or 8, it was, it, it was right around uh, The Dark Knight. And a friend of mine knew that I was big time into Batman. He's like, if you like the way that movie was done, you'll like this. I'm like, I don't know. And at that time, to me, the world was Spider-Man and Batman and the superheroes you knew. And then I read the graphic novel, and I, I couldn't put it down. Um, I was not surprised, but I was curious to see or hear. And, and maybe, maybe uh, besides Regina King, she didn't say it. I'm su- a little surprised. Not that they have to thank Zack Snyder in any way, because mm-hmm. he did the movie. He had nothing to do with the show. Mm-hmm. Um I was curious that there was no thanks to anyone who was a part of the, the novel, which I believe was, was Alan Moore. 
Um, and I think I might be forgetting the writer's name. So I was a little surprised by that. And granted, oh. it, it's just as many people have said, um, the TV show was was what it was. It was just cloaked or draped in in the world of Watchmen, where it wasn't a, a connected to the novel or anything like that. Whatsoever. I was going to ask if I, I I was really curious because when I watched Watchmen, when I watched the the series. I was not expecting it to go in the direction that it went. I don't know. I mean, I know about Watchmen and that the figures that they, that were appearing, like the blue guy. Captain, <laughs> uh, Dr. Manhattan. Yes, I know that about Watchmen, but that's the extent of what I know. So as the series was going in that direction, as far as the plot, I'm like, is is this like the actual story of Watchmen? I don't think so. <laughs> like, yeah. This, this can't be right. It's not about racism and and the kkk and <laughs> like that, that can't be right uh, but it, it was i enjoyed it, it it was alan moore the writer now i'm curious and so since you got into the show would you ever read the graphic novel um i don't usually if i i don't read something if i've already seen the show no not well, really it it's not the same it's just like set in similar worlds and, yeah. and distant worlds is that or have you seen the movie that Zack snyder did i did yeah okay Years um, ago, right? Yeah, and yeah. It, it was it was like the only Zack Snyder thing I've ever liked because he literally just put the pages on the screen and couldn't screw much up. Uh-huh. But the social commentary is is very deep, and and if anything, the great social commentary in Watchmen the series goes back to uh, the novel itself, and that's why I was a, like a little surprised that nobody thanked Alan Moore, who was the writer, because he had the vision to to, to cloak yeah. all this great social commentary in in beleaguered superheroism maybe there were too many political statements i did see that i mean as as per every award show i saw so many complaints on social media like i'd prefer for my award shows not to have political statements being made really i per oh my god i see it every year somebody is complaining about uh, an actor or an actress or a winner that is making a political statement and they're like I don't know why they do that because actors actresses and athletes don't have political opinions <laughs> you know m- that must be why it is but um I heard so that I heard there was a, a, a few rightfully so with an election around the corner and 2020 being the dumpster fire that it is so are you saying you don't want political statements because you don't want people to complain? You don't want to hear about... Oh, no, I do. Oh, no, I do. I'm saying there must have been maybe too many political st- statements. Maybe that was why he didn't get thanked. Oh. Because I heard I heard there was because people were complaining about it. People will always complain. Yeah. Yeah. Um, with that, it's hard to ignore politics today. So yeah. I have... I have Half a question and then a full question for you about Ruth Bader Ginsburg, who died on Friday night. Maybe even earlier than that, but we found out about it on on Friday night. So a pretty crappy way to start the weekend. So my half question is, in my adult life or knowledge of the Supreme Court, um, the the only Supreme Court justice that reverberated with me was Thurgood Marshall because he was the the first black mm-hmm. Supreme Court justice. He got all the movies, he got all the literature and all that stuff. Right. So, but he was never like a pop culture icon, not even after the recent movie. Um but he was the guy. How how did RBG become 
even more than that and a pop culture icon where so many people were saddened on Friday night and for the weekend. She, I mean, I don't know how she emerged into, I mean, I think she kind of came forward as um, she started to receive recognition as things like the women's movement and the women's march started to grow. I mean, obviously she was there and relevant during the women's right movement, you know, year decades ago. But as far as, you know, the, our age, our, our age and our time, I think she started to come forward again and people started to acknowledge what she had done Is when it- she was dissenting. Anytime she would dissent something that Trump and his people would do. I mean, that's I feel like that was when people started to pay attention a little bit more. The Women's March, Women's Movement, talking about women's rights and all she had done for that. And I don't question, I don't ask the question, how did she become so such a part of pop culture out of some kind of ignorance for, for not knowing what she did? I'm very aware of what she did. In fact, yeah. she, she's on my radar big time because she's Jewish as well. Yeah. Um, and, and it was the one of the holiest days of the year on Saturday night, the, the Jewish New Year, Rosh Hashanah. Um, so I, I know all that. And I guess the answer to my question is, is it because of the book and the movie and she got a really cool hip nickname? I th- Well, yeah, no, I, I, but I think the book and the movie came forward from her fight against where our politics is going. So, I th- yeah, no, abs- without a doubt, because I think that's where a lot of people learned about RBG and, I mean, Ruth Bader, now RBG. I think that's where a lot of people really learned all that she had done for women's rights, for the right, for rights of everyone, civil rights for, you know, um, those freedoms. I think that was where everybody learned about it. And I think that the movie, there's a lot of things that came forward because of what happened in 2015 and 2016 and how our election went. You know, the, the, when the post came out and everybody learned about, um, you know, what happened from that? I, I feel like those things were emerging because of our political climate and what direction it's going into. So, um, you know, I think that, yeah, I think that's where a lot of people learned. I think that's how she became a pop culture icon because of film and media. Let me ask the question now. And I, I asked the question and I think it's a, it's a good one for debate and, and discussion. Um, I, I had to educate myself about this quite a bit. So now there is a great amount of fear and there should be, and you should, you should not be surprised that, and this is as deep with politics as we'll ever get, but like I always tell Floyd, anybody that doesn't want to hear this has been run off of this podcast long ago. Uh, (laughs) That's true. (laughs) You shouldn't be surprised that someone like Mitch McConnell or any politician is, is deemed a hypocrite. I think if you don't know what I'm talking about in 16, Um, When Scalia died in 2016 and Obama tried to put Merrick Garland on the court, the Republicans said, whoa, we can't do this in an election year. And uh, Mitch McConnell led that charge. And now Friday night, barely as as Ruth Bader Ginsburg had had the death death certificate signed off on, he's like, well, we're going to fast track somebody through. He already had that written out. He already had that ready to go. Right. And Trump has always had a list of 20 to 25 people because I think that's just diligence by the by the president. And some of them are actually... um, like they would be reasonable choices as if this got through. There's one conserv- like religious conservative woman who would like set things back decades, but some of them are actually quite moderate. And yeah. isn't it who is it is it uh, John Roberts who always seems to go against conservative values, especially as the the head justice? 
I think it is. Yeah, it's John Roberts that there there's one or two that you we can always count on, although they're conservative judges. They don't always lean that way. Like they yeah. lean towards they lean. You can tell that they don't lean towards um, Republican views or con- conservative views. They lean towards what is right. They're pragmatic. Um, right. Like what you know, what's right and what's fair. But I think but but I also think that that's why. Um, RBG and her seat being open now is why it's so important because I think that they're going to try, Trump may try to bring forward somebody who is not going to be that toting the line kind of person and that will disrupt the balance. So I don't know if if all is completely lost because maybe the person, if they can wedge somebody through real fast and I don't have the political knowledge to know if, if this could happen and we've already heard that uh, Pelosi said if they have to, they'll impeach. And then there's mm-hmm. after the fact, I I did not know that there could, there is no set number of justices that you can put on the Supreme Court. So if Mitch McConnell goes in, and they get somebody through and Biden does win, uh, then Congress, if they can make it happen, can put like four more liberal justices on the court. And it's just complete and utter political chaos. Um so, but but then maybe the person that does get through becomes is not so conservative or right. deeply religious, and maybe become like a John Roberts. And every time there's a decision, conservatives mm-hmm. are like, oh, why are you screwing us like that? You know, I really don't think that that anybody's going to get through, though. I, I like I think that Trump can certainly recommend uh, um, someone, and then it could be part of the discussion. But I really don't think I don't think that there's enough time. I mean, I guess that there is because. The ele- while the election is in November, Trump's presidency goes through January. January, um, but it. I mean, it's going to be interesting how this. It's going to be interesting how this goes, and it, and I agree that. I, I mean, I w- I was looking into this as much as I could as well, and I knew. I I was so upset. I mean, not only obviously as soon as she died and I I got the alert just like everybody else. So in our group text, when Ashley texted, it, I had got it that at that exact time. And I just screamed and I called Thomas and he, it was so funny. He's like, oh, no, I'm so sorry. Are you OK? Like just because it's known, you know what I mean, that that would bother me. And I'm like, oh, my God. And during like right before the election during a Trump presidency, can you fucking imagine like you spend your whole life fighting for rights of women and families and just reasonable people are fighting for what's fair and what's right. And then you end your career dissenting this disgusting human being cheese doodle of a person. And then you pass away right before a new president can come in and then this happens like oh god so i have another question that i want to ask you that i that i came across but we'll get to that the other question of my question and a half i wanted to ask you and i'm not saying this to be argumentative i am deeply throwing it i'm truly throwing it out there for for thought Mm -hmm. um she was as has she's had an incredible amount of fun words words mm-hmm. that i really like like indomitable uh inexorable she was that kind of force mm-hmm. to the to the very last days um till friday night mm-hmm. and she obviously meant so much for a generation mostly of of women who mm-hmm. she empowered because of what she stood for mm-hmm. and she wanted to cement her legacy but is some people have used words like selfish, self-centered, whatever it may be. 
for the good of continuing that growth and progress, should she have retired in 2011 when Democrats held the Senate and Obama could have filled the slot of her retirement with another liberal judge that would have likely gone on many, many years beyond her death? Because now we're in this pickle. And I wholly admit... 2020 hindsight. Well, hindsight is always 2020. But 2020, we're talking yeah. about a, a woman in her mid 70s, knowing that Obama could have lost in 12. He wouldn't be there in 16. Now nobody could have predicted Trump, but she was near the end of her term. And whenever a term is, uh, she was near the end of her life. And whenever that's the case, you could always be replaced by someone on the opposite side who could overturn a lot of what you've done. I don't think so. I mean, I personally don't view it that way. I appreciated um, her commitment and I appreciated what she was able to do, at least from that point on, you know, until now, even though, you know, we may be in this pickle, you know, and it's going to be an interesting next few months. I don't think so. I think that her I think that her seat up until now has been extremely important for history. It's been extremely important for young girls and young people learning what you can do, watching an, an older person work all, I mean, not to not work themselves to death. I mean, that's, if that's not controversial to think of, I mean, she, she kind of did. I mean, she worked until she died, um, but she dedicated herself to her work and to her practice and to, I think, um, rights of the majority and you know of what's fair no i don't think so i mean not to say that that person would not have done that uh, you know who would whoever would have replaced her in 2011 when we had that control to do it um but no well because now you put things in play where a lot of what she fought for will will be reversed potentially even roe v wade and other Mm -hmm. uh rights for women Mm mm-hmm that's true, but I think that <laughs> that I mean it's it it is absolutely true, and I I was explaining that to Thomas yesterday because you know we were having a conversation, and I appreciate that he's just like okay, explain what's happening, you know, and I'm like, there's a lot of rights that could be reversed. There's a lot of things that could turn turn in a different direction, um, and while that is absolutely possible, it's just a piece of history that's gonna, that could happen, and that we'll deal with it, and we'll turn it back, you know. that's how it always goes but (laughs) it's just I mean like I said it's going to be interesting and it's bless her heart and rest in power to her but Jesus when I was thinking about all this and again I am I am a novice when it comes to this thing to to these kind of things as as opposed to to experts or people who follow Mm -hmm. this more regularly I was thinking if there is a judge on the court who somehow helps overturn Roe v. Wade Pragmatically speaking, or practically speaking, I'm like, okay, well, we have gotten to a point where maybe there are more people who want that than do not yeah. in, in the country. And two, I, I look at it as as a negotiation in mm-hmm. some ways. Uh, and I don't know where things would fall as far as lawmaking with the Senate and the House and Congress. And, and really, uh, there was one thing I read over the weekend that, sure, the president has executive orders, but there's been nothing but gridlock in Congress. Exactly. Like, literally, as my dad always mentioned, up until uh, Trump, the president has very little impact exactly. on your day-to-day life. Now, this one you wake up to tweets to in the middle of the night, and there's, it's a shitstorm. But really, uh, it's the Supreme Court that, that can really make headaches in your life. I think the big one that I remember, of course, is just going back a couple of years ago with um, 
with the, the right to gay marriage. Yep. The Supreme Court upheld that and, and the DACA stuff. So, like, those are super important things as opposed to just the general chaos that the president tweets out. And, by the way, TikTok is still good to go this morning because there's some kind of business deal. Oh, there is. There is something that will allow it to go. So, th- that's, that's my point. Like, if by some chance Roe v. Wade were overturned, I would think that, like in any kind of negotiation... Um, that liberals, Democrats would would get something for it. I don't know what that would be, but mm-hmm. you just can't overturn that and go. We're. I mean, <clears throat> I know that a lot of angry people would just like say, "This is this is done. We're we're done with this, and you're gonna have to deal with it." I mean, there is still. We haven't reached the point where politics is so one sided. There is always mm-hmm. give and take a little bit, and maybe something on the other side it would be. And I'm just throwing this out there because it would. It, it's. As polarizing and heightened as an issue, Roe v. Go- Roe v. Wade goes away, but you know something? Some kind of gun rights comes into play. Yeah. Or some kind of gun control comes in where it, it, it offsets that loss. Even though it's in different playgrounds, it appeals to people on the other side. You know, and I also, th- I mean, in situations like this, and maybe, like I said, maybe because I'm older and I'm paying a bit more attention, like my focus is, my focus is in a different direction now that I'm a 30 something. Um, but you know, this is also, we have had many opportunities to teach and educate the importance of voting at every level. And I think this is when you say, you know, when you said what your dad mentioned about, you know, the president does can't do a whole lot or the president runs into gridlock that's because you know we're voting people into the senate and we're voting people into um the house and those are the ones that are voting on supreme court justices the president may make the recommendation but you know what i mean we are i I always find you know when people i don't want to vote my vote doesn't matter your vote absolutely matters or when somebody's like that president didn't do anything for me well that's because they couldn't do shit they may have made the recommendation they may have tried but there's not a whole hell of a lot they could do because the um house and the senate is towards the is balanced in the other side yeah and it's like that you know there's those educating pieces so with what's happening now you know with with rbg and her passing people are really learning what what it you know what it looks like now what it could look like later um how important it is who you have in the in the house who you have sitting in the senate and and where they where they fit within our states and how we vote for them you know yeah um and i feel like people need to people need to it, it's an educating lesson it's probably uh there's probably no more hotter discussion about this than in Arizona because I guess one of those yeah. Senate seats might flip. John McCain's seat, yeah. In a couple of weeks and Arizona has begun to, I guess, lean a little bit a little bit to the left and I, I mm-hmm. think the Senate now is 53-47 and I believe there's one female senator maybe from it might maybe I'm I'm messing up the abbreviation. Maybe it's Arkansas. Maybe it's Alaska. She's like, I'm not doing this. Like, I'm not voting during an election year. And who else? Uh, I guess Mitt Romney is also mm-hmm. of more integrity than than Mitch McConnell. So mm-hmm. it, it it's it could pen, potentially be like one or two Senate seats during this very election while people are choosing the president that could determine how very important laws are made or unmade exactly over the next exactly two decades. And so it's a, it, and you're right. It's election years for them as well. So they have to appease their own base if they want to stay in their seat. Like you know, if they want to continue doing what they're doing. So it's it's really going to be an interesting battle. 
two. So the next question, the one that I came across the other day, and it makes a lot of sense. And it was one of those things when I was a little boy. I was like, hmm. Like there was a question in my head, but I was too young to understand why I was so skeptical. When well, you're a little kid, you learn about that the Supreme Court, the Supreme Court justices are appointed for life. And mm-hmm. I remember as a little boy thinking, like, till they die? Because that's <laughs> super old. Yeah. And as a kid, I didn't understand why I was skeptical about that. Now I get it because you're not as lucid or as cogent when you're an older individual. Or And RBG was a, was a lie until the end, but I think it was Rehnquist, uh, the former chief justice who died in office and missed a lot of sessions because he was dealing with health issues. Uh-huh. Um, so I had read an article that I guess it was it was Rick on Rick Perry's presidential campaign in this last cycle or maybe the previous one. He, one of his thoughts and I think Rick Perry is uh, a Florida Republican, right? I think so, yeah. He's all for 18 year Supreme Court uh, terms uh-huh. and that makes a lot of sense now that I think about it. It does. It and I you know, that was the other that was my other thought when we were um, when all of this was coming, when she passed on Friday and it's been in the media and it's just been a hot topic for everyone. Um, it, besides the fact that she, RBG was showing us how to work from home and be a badass at doing it well before the pandemic, <laughs> like how to do your job while in a hospital bed, how to do your job at home while you're, while you're living through cancer, that doesn't necessarily mean that it's okay. And I yeah. had this thought, you know, and I also had this thought and I hate to say it, I had it with Chadwick Boseman, and I said, if he had not have fought through his cancer battle, if he would have taken a break and given him his body a rest, would he still be here? Great and, question. And RBG was 87. I mean, she was she had one foot on the banana peel and the other foot in the grave. I get it. And I'm and I mean that out of respect. I mean, I obviously I have a large appreciation for her, but it's just a fact. Like the and she was she was getting older. But I mean, how much of is this okay? Is this could this also be a learning experience? And when is this discussion going to happen in that we cannot work ourselves to death? We cannot work until we die. That's just where it's inhumane. I mean, some I personally feel like it's inhumane to work as much as we do, like, you know, expect 40 hours out of us or more 40 to 60 hours out of us and and our regular life. We just have to squeeze into the rest of it you know, include, not including sleep. <laughs> that is a necessity. My, my example of working when you're too old because things pass you by, not to mention your, yeah. your lucidity is, do you remember, of course, you rem- everybody knows now, remember Joe, Joe Paterno? Yes. The Penn, the Penn State the coach? The Penn State coach, yeah. So, and this was before all the Sandusky stuff. I think he was in his 80s or you could just see and watch and, and, and this was in the time when God, when Ohio State zoomed past Penn State and mm. the the schools in the SEC like Alabama, and you could just see Penn State wasn't the great program that it was in the 80s and mid-90s, and nobody wanted to kick Joe Paterno out because he was the god of Happy Valley and State College mm-hmm. PA. He was everything that was Penn State football. But mm-hmm. the reality was he was too old to keep up with coaches that were in some cases like a third of his age running these programs in a modern era. Now, he wound up dying likely because he was, you know, his, his I think um, 
once he lost his job, his will to live went away. But he was too old to stay up and be successful what he was doing. And that's certainly a great question. Then you asked it with Chadwick Boseman and, and RBG. You, you might want to work, but is it the best idea? Probably not in most cases. But at the same, you know, and I, it, 100%, but it, it is not lost on me that it's the same thing that I feel like RBG would fight for. You know, like even, even the arguments between Trump and Joe Biden. Well, I cannot stand Trump and that's not, you know, that's not news here. It, he still has a, you know, he still has a right to run again. And, you know, he's in his 70s. That doesn't, I, I personally worry, but at the same time, like, it, he's within his rights to do it. Should he? Should Joe Biden? I'm not sure. You can clearly tell the difference between a Joe Biden and a Kamala Harris. You could tell the difference between a Joe Biden eight years ago, when, you know, when he was when he was running with Obama. He was Obama's running mate. Like you can tell the difference right now, and it, I think it has a lot to do with age, but in um, the just general sharpness, that sharpness is not there. I don't I don't get into the age stuff because they're both. <clears throat> older and if anything there's a lot of political political experience and, and backroom game playing that that goes into that good and bad that, that someone like Kamala Harris doesn't necessarily have and whether that's good or bad I, I don't know well, um but it, what, what was my dad saying the other day my dad was making a point and it made me we were just talking on Friday morning or Saturday or, and I said dad you, you should run for president <laughs> and, it, and it dawned on me that my dad is younger than both people running. And, I, and to me, my dad is old. Um, but, so, but to go back to the question, Supreme Court, term limits, 18 years? <sighs> I'm on the fence because I you, love... You don't have to give I, me an answer. It's just something to, to provoke some thought. It is. I mean, it's a good thought. And, I, and I'm open to hearing the arguments on it. I'm open to I, I would love to see that discussion because I do agree that there is trouble in having a lifetime term limit. But there could also be benefits um, to us, to, to myself as a liberal and, and knowing that RBG had her seat until she died. You know what I mean? And that nobody else could could go in and take that but i but i agree i you know mm. yeah and i don't i don't think this who am i to say because we agree with her views but i mm-hmm. i certainly understand that when you're 45 um your views might stay in the present and 30 <clears throat> 30 years go by you're 75 and still on the court and you're still going with views as if you were 45 and by that time the world has changed and, and that that makes for some some questionable math yeah yeah and I just I, you know I don't have I don't know I don't I, I like I'm just at loss for that I don't have anything clever to say no. I don't have any educational thought on that yeah we'll see there I mean they're talking about it right now I have the news on and it's Epic battle will begin to replace Ginsburg on the Supreme Court, and it's like, oh gosh. Yeah, like we we needed one more thing to na- to make. Uh, well, I need to text Janet. We uh we need to make one more thing out there to make this like a hairy <coughs> fall, and then late twenty twenty or late twenty twenty and early twenty twenty one. Um, well, I'm gonna text Janet here so she can hop on with us. Oh yay! I've never been on with Janet before. Um. Bu- 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 
The other thing that I think I can throw in there with uh, questioning her staying. Now, granted, this is nine years ago where she could have gone and she could have been easily replaced, been replaced with like a clone of herself. Um, was what was what was the quote that we've all now seen a million times? Her dying wish was to to be replaced after the election or when a new president yeah. was seated. Well, yeah. that was. That's 50-50 at best because maybe that happens in, uh, maybe someone's voted in in seven weeks or maybe it doesn't happen for another four years and she was unlikely to make it to 91. No, no, definitely not. And I agree that, I mean, it's, it's going to be a toss up whether that happens or not. It yeah. really so, is. It's going to be a toss up whether people cooperate. I mean, again, there you there's a running list. There's a list of 20 something names, but that doesn't mean that the House or the Senate will cooperate. So perhaps that thought, that sentiment of hers, a, a little bit selfish, but that was that was who she was, and that yeah. that's part of what made her great. Mm-hmm. Hi, Janet. Hi, how are you? I am wonderful. Uh, Hi, Janet. Hi, who's this? <laughs> that's our friend Alex. She loves you. I do. Oh, hi, Alex. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good, good. So, I'm always good. So Floyd's Floyd's. He's got to figure. He's. Uh, I should have mentioned this at the beginning of the podcast. He is like the only. He's like one of one and a half reliable people at the store. So they're throwing a lot of hours on him. Mm-hmm. So which Aww. means he's in early, and he's like, I am. I'm. I'm up in the air until I can figure out the new normal. So that's why uh, our friend Alex is here. But I wanted to make sure that we got in here this morning because people want to hear from Janet Amid um, as early as they can on a Monday. You give them some hope. Yes, <laughs> that's, that's always good to know. I mean, it's always good to be able to do something. Everyone has their their little thing, and my thing is always making people feel unscrambled. Well, and that's what I always say. I think you've done a lot of that because you've given some people some guidance and some clarity as we went through the pregame for the really bad retrograde, uh, retrograde and now we're like two weeks into it, right? Isn't it crazy? It actually, we, we actually started it August 9 because it's a month before it actually hits. Wow. And um, September 9, it, it hit right on, you know, transit where it started going into this retrograde. But the interesting thing about a Mars retrograde, which is one of the most difficult retrogrades ever, because I have my clients, they, they listen to the show and they always say to me, you know, you're so negative about it. But, it, but it, it's not that, it's just that I know what it does. When hmm. you're in a Mars retro, retrograde, represent going, it's going closer to the Earth. And it basically means it's gaining momentum, it's gaining its power, it's gaining its steam while it's in retrograde. When it goes direct, November 13, that's also when we start feeling the effects of this, because right now it's just, it's just gaining its momentum. So I'm, I'm worried, even like, you know, right, it ends November 13th, but at, at the same time, you know, December, January, you're going to feel this impact a little bit, too around the holidays so we'll feel it so it's been crazy because people are they're they're feeling this need to change their jobs they meet somebody they're in a new relationship they want to suddenly get married you know they suddenly want to break up with a 25-year relationship i mean i'm saying hang on don't do anything just yet you know don't you know just hang on tight because it's just it creates a sense of urgency and this crazy chaotic period that's hitting us it's difficult. Hey, I uh, had coffee with somebody the other day, and I made sure to ask this person because you would ask me. Um, I said, "I said, Chris, how's your mom?" 
Oh, who's this? Oh, oh, our Chris. Yeah, our Chris. We had coffee. I love Chris. Yeah, we had coffee on Saturday, and I made sure to ask about, because you always ask me to ask him how his mom is, right? Yes, yeah. he's amazing. Alex, I love him. Chris is my therapist, a.k.a. friend. Oh. Is, is, his, is so, his mother okay? Yeah, he said that they had to, like, I guess, stamp in some ground rules, but things are, things are oh. going fine. He's such a good guy. He is. he is. He is one of the most amazing therapists and people, individuals. I, I mean, really, he's up there. You know, he's just such a good person. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, I, uh, I shot over to you uh, some readings for this week. Yes. And yes. everybody's got some questions. So whenever you're ready to fire away with those and help these people out. Well, the, the one thing is you're asking me, uh, what is it? Uh, we have Colleen. I think Colleen had called before or asked questions before. She's a constant because I've seen this birthday. You know, my memory is always, yeah. I have a photographic memory. You and, you and but, the president are like a steel trap. <laughs> oh, no, no, don't compare me. But anyway, <laughs> we won't get he into that. He could never. He but, could um, never. Yeah. So I would basically say with Colleen, she's asking, will I be successful in buying a house? You know, this is a retrograde. Oh, Again, Jesus. I hate to sound redundant. <laughs> Um, you're doing something under retrograde. You're a Virgo with your moon in Capricorn. I believe that um, you're definitely sort of meticulous in some areas of your life, Colleen, being a Virgo. But then you have some funny aspects in Leo, which are afflicted. So there could be some, some things going on, you know, financially, you know, issues that you may not have realized were there. I just think this is a touchy time. My feeling is if you're going to buy a house, it probably would happen after the first of the year. That's what I would say. It may, something could turn around around that time. I hope it works for, for her, but I'm just I'm not feeling so positive about it. I hate to say it, but and that's okay. If it doesn't go through right now, it wasn't meant to be. So anyone, this other one, Laura, says, is Janet ever going to answer my question? What does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> I, I think she's someone who is always getting getting something my my way, and I didn't have any of her questions. I think she just wanted to know if you're ever going to answer it. So, yeah. Here, so what would be something general for her? She's April fifth, nineteen ninety. What is she asking? It's ridiculous. She's just saying, <laughs> "Is Janet going to answer my question? What am I supposed to answer?" Because, um, I mean, I could I can just say I don't know what she's asking. Is it love? Is it relationships? I probably would say. Um, she is an Aries with the moon in Leo, so she's a drama queen a little bit. You, <laughs> you don't say. Say it again, what? That's why I always get a question from her. The one time that the one time that she actually I, I choose her, I can get her in, the question's not there. So the, the question is, will you answer it? And I guess your answer is yes I will. Yes I will. And she's a little bit of a drama queen, a very nice drama queen. She's a very nice person. Great temperament, though. I do. I like her energy a lot. I want to say one thing to her. I'm curious about her. Ask her, what is her relationship like with her mom? Because there's sort of like this karmic past life connection that they have. It could be a good connection. It could be a negative connection. But there is some kind of a weird connection there. She's a lover of love. I can definitely see that. So she's a very nice person, great temperament, a little dramatic sometimes, but deep down inside, very solid as, a, as an individual. Very nice person. And last up, so yes, Frankie, I did answer your question. That, and Frankie, by the way, is is a girl. Yeah, I kind of assumed that by the IE. <laughs> well, I, I don't hey, listen. You don't give me your lip here on Monday morning. <laughs> well, I'm just saying. I, I already assumed 
it. Okay. Because it usually if it's, what is it usually? Oh, isn't it always IE? It's always IE anyway, for I, Frankie, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You never know. So. You, you never know if you what you've drank. I kind of or... felt it was a girl. I kind of felt because most of the time girls call us, but you know what? Right. I get a lot of male clients. Uh, Frankie is asking. Um, let me see what Frankie is asking. I love this whole texting thing. Good or bad? Uh, very good idea to start my own business. You're you're a Capricorn. Well, you know what? Capricorns should be in their own business. They're very independent. It's a good sign. I, I my only concern, Frankie, is. You have this thing in your chart, this Mars thing, which, sorry to say this, it's in Pisces. That could either be very excessive with work or very lax in work. It's one or the other. They're extreme. They go from zero to 100. So it's either you're a zero when it comes to motivation or you're a 100 when it comes to motivation. That all depends. I would also say your dream is to be independent. Capricorns love Capricorn and Tauruses, other people too, of course, Aquarians, whatever, but Tauruses and Capricorns are the most... Um, I would say uh, the signs of, of the signs that want to be in their own business. But I would say it depends on where your motivation is. Time of birth would have been important to look at, and maybe down the road we can take a look at that. But I would say if you're going to start a business, yes, do it. Do it around March 2021. Don't do it now. Alex, when is your birthday? March 29th, 90. 90. Yeah, 1990. The, the big 3-0 this year. That's oh, my God. My, I mean, my August. I, Janet, I obviously listen, and Eric and I were talking about this because I was like, oh, my August is so terrible. This is awful. It was like the pre-retrograde. Oh, it was because also if you're, you know, if you're in Aries, you're definitely affected by that. Oh, and, my I mean, gosh. You know, because the signs that are affected under this retrograde are Aries, Cancer, Capricorn, um, Libra, and you are an Aries, or you're a Taurus, but you have your moon in the sign of Cancer, but then at the same time, have other things going on here in the sign of uh, Aries, so you're really feeling the, the brunt of this, for uh, sure. Yeah, so, yeah it's, it's hard. And, <laughs> and it, I'm holding yeah, on. I can see that. You have a lot of sensitivity. There's no question about that. A um, lot of sensitivity. The, uh, the psychic fair is coming up, right? What, say it again. The psychic fair. My coming. psychic affair. My I almost said affair. My <laughs> psychic affair event. Whatever it is, it's an affair because I can't get rid of it. It just keep come keeps coming back. But anyway, um, every twice a year, uh, it is October fourth on Sunday. We're actually going through with it. Masks are mandatory, so people are asking me should they wear a mask. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so nobody's allowed without a mask, and we do provide them if you don't have one. But it's uh, October 4th, Mommy Pinnacle. Doors open at 830, and you can come in and you can schedule your, your people. But we're going to have refreshments out on the, the patio, Middle Eastern food, which is my, you know, I'm Middle mm. Eastern. And we're going to have refreshments, coffee, Jeannie from Flying Rhino is going to be there. Um, Lori, who has me, myself, and pie, she makes all these pies. So we're going to, uh, you have to get people in from food. You know, people like food. Free so food. we have yep. that. And then we have psychics, we have mediums, we have me, we have um, vendors that are going to be selling unique things for the holidays. Pick up things for the holidays. October 4th, Mommy Pinnacle. It's going to be amazing. And I, we're already getting started. And I hope you show up for once, Eric. Who are you again? Do I know you? Oh, <laughs> and, and you too. I want you to be there as well. We should I, go. I think, yeah. Yeah, really, you should. I want to meet you. So we can yeah. say, hey. Alex is great. But, um, you know, are you in a relationship, Alex? Are you in a r romance right now with somebody? I am, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, because you do a lot of self-sacrificing with love. You're always giving of yourself. And I hope he gives back because I can see you being such a caretaking person. You oh. do a lot. Of, you're very emotional. Oh, my God. You're so sensitive. <laughs> I definitely saw that. Yeah, you're very sensitive. She's not sensitive. You know, not, not, not around. She is. Not that I She's gather. very sweet. She's very sweet. Very kind and very work-oriented and task-oriented. Yes, I like that. that. That's the very much <laughs> That is so. true. I am a little yeah. sensitive now. That's actually really funny you said that because I thought of that yesterday. I was like, oh, Jesus, I'm delicate this month. <laughs> yeah. If you're not a delicate person, you can definitely stand on your own. Yeah. You definitely have that. So she, I didn't see, I, I saw a lot of, you know, a lot of strength with you, too, at the same time. She you is. love to be around water, man. You should be around the ocean. I, you need <laughs> to be around nature. That's funny. That's funny. Janet, uh, Al- Alex would fall under your one of your favorite words. She is very tenacious. Oh. I love it. She is, and I can see that, but also very kind, creative. I love your creativity, your attraction to beauty, writing, music, all that stuff. You really have all that going on. Well, you should have you. also been in healthcare because you're very psychological. That's what she does. I am in healthcare. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're good at it. Hey, you're very, I mean, you're definitely good, Janet. But but yes, dear. I uh, I stepped in the retrograde and I had caused it myself last week on on Tuesday with that person that I was seeing and Ugh. it it's oh. not messy anymore. But man, when I was going through it, I was like, oh well, welcome to Ericville, Mister or Mrs. Retrograde. I know. The thing is, you should listen to me. I should be the one that puts everybody together because I guarantee you. I am great at matchmaking astrologically, and I'm telling you, your relationships, you're such a nice person, but you're also an isolated person. You need somebody who's going to understand your need for space and privacy, Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. you have that sort of like, that need to kind of, you know, you you go by day by day, and they have to be able to be smart enough and and, uh, to be able to pick up what's going on with you. Yep. Because you don't always say it, you feel it, and then you kind of shut down a little bit. Yep. But this is me putting my foot in my mouth, or my mouth in my foot, because it was bad. It was ugly. Did it was... you say something you shouldn't have said again? Technically, he's going to hang up on me. He's going to hang up on me. Hold on. So twice I said something. He knows that I, I love him. Twice I said something I shouldn't have said, but it's all okay now. But what do you mean again? I don't know. I was just being funny, you're trying an, to be funny. You're an asshole. You always told me. You always told me to stick to astrology, not try to be humorous yeah, or, or yeah. comic, comedic. I thought it was so funny. I'm, Thank you. I mean, <laughs> when I make jokes with my clients, they don't laugh, and they'll say, "They'll say, well, you should kind of stick to, you know, your astrology." Yeah. <laughs> okay. Or psychology. I'm great at that. You're tiny. But I, I want to hear what you said. I'm curious as to what you have. You don't have to say now, but. I'll, I'll Email text me, you. text me, do something, because I I'll really want to find out what's going on there. Your, your jokes are like, hey, uh, you're going to get cancer, but guess what? You're going to beat it. Ha, 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 ha. Oh, no. I would never do that. All right. They're not that bad. I'm just not, I, I'm not a funny person. I don't, I'm not a, I'm really not funny. I try to explain to people, because people always want to be around me, you know, because of what I do and all this. Mm-hmm. I think that, you know, I'm this really fun person. I'm very, very, very boring. I mean, after, when I get out, when I leave work, I am boring. I don't, I'm just, I'm very quiet, very isolated. I don't do much. You know, I'm, that's just me. I write. I mean, I do, I work hard. I write. I do all these other things, but I'm not. My friend took me out to dinner the other night. She said, my, my friend wants to meet you. She thinks you're so exciting and fun. Well, the girl told her later, the woman told her later, she goes, Janet's really boring. She doesn't say anything. 
No, I don't. I just sit there and listen. I don't say much because that's just me. Where'd you go to but dinner? But anyway, that's, that's life. I think we're just kind of like we're all, you know, we, we kind of are a certain way when it comes to our work, and then we have this mm-hmm. other side. Don't you think we're all like that? Yeah. Yeah. Right? Where, yeah. Where'd you go to dinner at? Well, we went to, um, I'm trying to remember. Oh, Shorty's. Went to Shorty's. Oh, I love okay. Shorty's. It, I mean, it's good. Yeah, it's good. It's, it's okay. I got a salad, but it, it's good. But, um, you know, the food is good. I'm really not a restaurant person because I, I like to cook. So I'm very, I like to make my own stuff. I like to cook at home because I know it's clean and blah, blah. Mm-hmm. But Shorty's is clean and it's good. All right. I'll text you this week, okay? Psych- Psychic event, October 4th, Mommy Pinnacle. Please try to be there, Eric. And also you, Alex, so I can say hey. Yeah, I'm, I'll, I'll see if I can get Eric to go. We could go together. Okay, honey. Great right. talking to you guys. Bye, you I'll too. Bye. Mention my number later. Bye-bye. <laughs> I don't know who she is. She just calls every week at the same time. I'm like, hey, tell some people what they think they want to know. That may or may not have freaked me out just a little bit. Why? Just a little bit. She was on the money. <laughs> oh. Were you on the money? Were you were you fangirling? Were you awestruck? No, I mean, I was always curious. I mean, I was certainly always curious. I never like took that extra step to actually call or to text you and be like, hey, like give give Janet my information. I want to hear what she has to say. Um, but for her to just kind of spit it out like that, it was just literally yesterday I was in the car and Thomas and I have been a little off with everything we've been going through. We've, we haven't we haven't been on with each other. We've been a little off. And I'm like, damn it, I'm really sensitive. Like I, and I literally said yesterday in the car, I said, I feel like I have an attitude. Like I feel emotional and I don't, and I'm not normally. So when I'm sensitive or emotional, I can, I feel off. Like that's not, that's not me being on. <laughs> and I was like, I'm not with it. Like there's, everything is bothering me. You know, this is annoying. And I said to someone the other day, we were talking about where we would live. And I was like, I could never not live on water. I have to live on water. I grew up on Lake Erie. I cannot live in like Oklahoma. You know, I could not. It would have to be somewhere along the coast. She knows her stuff. That, Um, I mean, blew my mind. Yep. That's funny. Uh, What do you, uh, what's planned for today and for the week? Anything, anything coming up of note? No, I'm going to work um, from home. I'm working from home for the, this is probably going to be the last week. We got to get some folks in and get it cleaned. Um, and then I'll, and then I'll go back. Um, just working on different things. Um, happy to be working from home. Had to have, do- I had doctor's appointments last week that were like emergency appointments. So it actually worked itself out. Would you believe I've been severely dehydrated for a long time? And I didn't know. I was waking up halfway drunk. Like I was waking up so dizzy that I was falling out all over the place. <laughs> no, that, that makes sense because don't don't they say uh, b- 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 like when there are hot days, if you're outside doing anything, you're you're actually dehydrated when you don't know it, and by the time you get water, it's too late. It. I mean, yeah. Essentially, every morning last week, and I was working from home. Thank God, because. I was so dizzy that I was like drunk and there would not have been any way I would have been able to put makeup on and drive myself to work. And I ended up going to the doctor's office and I had a little infection and my infection was taking all of my hydration from my body. So I was I was like not only should I have been drinking my normal amount of water, but I was, you know, my hydration was being place somewhere else and also because i hit 30 and all hell broke loose so you know arthritis is around the corner i'm sure you've got you've got everything yeah you've got, I do. 
I do. God damn it. All right. Well, have a good week. I will. Uh, I will. I will talk to you later on today, and we'll. Uh, we'll keep sorting through this. No Floyd thing. It disappoints me. I know he said he was. Yeah. He was upset. I asked him. Um, I said, here, here, people, people miss you. So if you want to go off, record it and I'll wedge it into the podcast. So. Yeah, I do miss Floyd. Uh, and I mean, we'll see him soon, but I miss him at least. And I hope he can, you know, with his schedule, I hope things start to work out and he can come back or he can just do whatever he wants. Yeah. Um, uh, it, my black gay friends just don't grow on trees. You might think they do, but uh, <laughs> you know, we have a quota to meet here. Yeah, and we're going to work together because we're going to go to this Janet thing on the 4th. So we have Floyd on Saturday and Janet on Sunday. As long as I don't have to drive. I'll drive us. I think Ashley said she would. I, th- I think I remember that group text. She did? I think so. Oh, I wasn't volunteering for Saturday. Hell no. I want to uh, um, okay. I want to toss a few back. I'm volunteering for Sunday. <laughs> and then I, I, Bethany seemed to think that she'd be able to go in some way with her giant belly. That's we're going to have happening. to roll Bethany in. Let's put her <laughs> roller in. Her and her baby. All right. I'll talk to you later today, okay? Bye.